All right. Hi, and welcome to The Mind of a Skeptical Leftist, the show there I try to promote progressivism, left-wing politics, and critical thinking. And uh, today I'm talking to Jeremiah, formerly Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. <laughs> yeah, I've got quite a history, don't we? I mean, it, it, it's good to say hi again. We haven't uh, chatted verbally um, in a while, so it's yeah, good to it's catch been up. a long time. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's relevant because where we we've met each other, uh, I guess, is relevant for to uh, what you want to talk about today. I suppose. Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess before we get started, what should people know about you? Like, what's your political identity? Uh, I guess uh, I'm definitely a leftist. My flavor is a bit unspecified right now. I that's used fair. To, I used to be more anarchist. I, I feel uncomfortable identifying as an anarchist now, just because <laughs> just because I um I feel like that precludes um some commitments I might make, but I'm definitely pro like community organizing, uh, pro labor union. Like the past year or so, actually my last year in grad school, people may not know in a lot of universities, uh, students. Students get a stipend, they perform research, and also they teach in a lot of instances. So in many cases, um, grad students are both employees and students of the university. Mm-hmm. So um, that means they are workers. And uh, it, there is actually quite a large um, amount of graduate student labor unions across the U.S. Uh, and my last year like, really got me... Um, experienced in hands on the ground, actual like canvassing in my department, meeting other students and like actually nice. understanding what the actual process is. So regardless of whatever label I, I am, um, I, I do have a very like labor um, and uh, gra- uh, grassroots organizing like lens of change. Nice. Um, nice. So yeah. no, that's awesome. Yeah, and I, 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 part of why I don't want to be an anarchist is is more like, uh, I, well, I, I think I, I kind of do want to be one, but then somebody will be like, you know, if if you call yourself this, then why do you believe this? And you know, I, I, I don't want to get yeah. on that. So I, I hate those conversations. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and 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 also like I'm sure. Well, I mean, you know how it is. Like, uh, there's there's a very, um. It's it's a not very helpful tendency to like one upsmanship among the left, and I don't find that very useful. So like, <laughs> I yeah, whatever. I'm I'm vague is fine because I, I don't like labels. Okay, I don't like labels. <laughs> okay, yeah, I get. <laughs> no, lab, labels are fine, but like, I don't. I, I just can't get hung up on it right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I obviously I call myself an anarcho-communist. I've, yeah. But yeah, whenever somebody comes, well, don't don't those disagree with each other and blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, it's it's exhausting, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I guess one thing, one of my hobby horses recently is, I think it's a good thing to display honesty and trust. One of my other hobby horses is science communication. And the big thing in SciComm right now is you can't like uh, the 
information deficient model is the model where people think, oh, people just don't know things because they're not informed. <laughs> right. But you can't, you can't, uh, to some extent that's true, but you can't just deliver the facts. You have to actually, uh, part of uh, informing people involves connecting and building trust with people. And yeah. so um, I, that's, that's probably generalizable to a lot of things. Um, so like, I wouldn't ever really want to be dishonest. Um, so like, um, in some cases, I think, uh, you know, the labels have a preconception that get in the way of like what, um, That's like fair. your actual positions. So yep. a, one of my top priorities is to display honesty and trust. I'm never going to like be duplicitous. A lot of my opinions may be unsavory to people, but I'm never really going to try and be, um, uh, you know, say one thing that really means something else, you know, if right, that makes right. sense, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I guess it's one of those things, like it depends. A lot of words have, uh, like colloquial meanings and then you move on. They have nothing to do with the political philosophy and like people believe things about both mm -hmm. the political philosophy and the word that aren't accurate with, people who follow it <laughs> mm -hmm. so it's yeah, yeah it's a lot <laughs> yeah but I'm, I, there should also as a side note there should also be somebody who's focused on science communismication <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right okay well, yeah somebody did uh like uh there was a a uh, a joking thread somewhere along the lines of of that. Somebody called, I think it was Coven Synapathy, uh, a uh, science communist or, or oh yeah, <laughs> <Psych> communist. <laughs> so. I mean, it's probably the. I bet it's the same root weird word too. I think communication and commune. I think they're. I think they're. There's something there. <laughs> I, I like. I I would put like probably five hundred dollars that it's the same root. You know, I could see so, it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So we, uh, like I say, we knew each other from the atheist community days. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a recent thread on Twitter where somebody asked the question, where did atheism discourse go? And then you had a reply thread. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess that's kind of was the impetus of me saying, hey, yeah. let's talk about this. <laughs> So. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, like, you know, we've uh, we've known each other from organized atheism, and I, I I don't think it's an unimportant movement. Like from the early 2010s, um, it's right. at least relevant for understanding the history of the online as it is right now. So yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of the same stuff. Uh, like the reactionary right, like uh, a lot of this stuff was really intersected with a lot of the atheist online YouTube stuff, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think so. I uh, there is. I think this has been discussed a lot, and there is a narrative. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody actually characterizes it thoroughly accurately, and I think there's a limit to how accurately you can, because we don't know how many atheists there are in the West, the West, the, <laughs> um, 
we don't know how many atheists are existent in any country. It's hard to track down who counts in like a movement. I guess I guess I'll refer to movement atheism because new atheism, ugh, whatever. <laughs> um, but it's it's a hard question. Um, but like people, uh, it, I I I think those who weren't uh, organizing under you know, movement atheism in the 2010s, at least, you know, in our like left circles, I think there is um, a bit of um, a bit of inaccuracy because what, what tends to get focused on is of course, what can't be ignored is um, new atheism, quote unquote, um, did come out of post nine 11 politics. Um, that's where the four horsemen came from. Yeah. Um, and of course, um, Sam Harris has gotten, he was all, he was, he was reactionary at the time. He was, yeah. you know, a decade, decade ago, you can see basically, um, a great replacement theory. Um, he wouldn't have put it under that term. Um, uh, who else? Hitchens of course was like pro Iraq war. Um, and, and Doc Dawkins has, um, foot and mouth disease, um, pretty much <laughs> yeah that's right yeah so um and and one thing i think is a bit inaccurate is that um at least from a left perspective i think to smear new atheism it, they tend to focus on how anti-muslim and anti-islam exclusive the movement was and i think to a large extent that is true of like the new horsemen um, maybe, uh, uh, absolving Daniel Dennett, but you know, whatever, I don't want to get hung up on that. Um, <laughs> like, uh, but for the rest of us in organized atheism, you would see organizations popping up in the late tw- 2000s, early 2010s. I'm in the U S at least, you know, there's the FFRF, the, the, um, geez, what, what is I, I already forgot what that stands for, but you've got the American Humanist Association. Um, you've got these organizations that have almost no choice but to be like more anti-Christian because they're, you know, fighting for, um, you know, separation of church and state. Yeah. Um, and, and and of course, I know you're Canadian, um, <laughs> so you know, I like, but. I think when you look at the actual orgs, they had almost no choice but to be, um, like, if anything, anti-Christian. Um, but, uh, y- you know, you'd also see other organizations uh, that weren't focusing their uh, political activism on, uh, on like, you know, Cr- uh, crosses on federal property or something. It would be on uh, uh, pro-choice activism or like pro-LGBTQ activism. Right, right. Um, so I, I, I think that that is a large contingent. Um, I, I don't know if you'd agree with all that, but I think I think that is there is a value to to you know putting a little bit more nuance into the early days of uh, movement atheism. <laughs> Yeah, I, looking back, I can see it a lot more uh, as like, like you say, like it was very anti-Christian. There was a lot of anti-Islam Islam stuff, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I recall 
quite often it, uh, we would get it. I, I would get accused of never criticizing Islam because I was afraid of them, uh, mm-hmm. by Christians when I was criticizing Christian, uh, right stuff. Uh, what I would have considered overreach. And I mean, I still do it for the most part, consider a lot of that stuff overreach by, uh, Christian mm-hmm. the, uh, theocrats in a lot of ways. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I can see where like I'm still, I'm still in that boat, right? Like I still, <laughs> in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, right? I'm still right. an no, atheist. <laughs> so. Right. I think I'm still deeply sympathetic. Um, <laughs> so, so I think this actually ties into like one of the points I, I would like to drive home. Um, I think, um, a lot of movement atheism, it, it, it had, had, I think it had idealism sort of baked into its ideology. Yeah. Um, and that's idealism, like historical idealism, not in the, um, not in the colloquial sense, but in the like Hegelian sense. <laughs> um, like I, I think there was a lot more, um, like assumptions of like, say democracy, which is, you know, I, I think the idea in movement atheism is, um, people's, uh, regressive uh, religious beliefs informed their regressive uh, political beliefs and that got enacted into politicians enacting those laws. And, you know, to some extent that's true, but um, I think you'd agree with me on this. Like we're, we're in a fairly deeply undemocratic system and our, uh, you know, our <laughs> leaders don't necessarily reflect our own values. And, and furthermore, it may not be even the case that, you know, religious beliefs necessarily inform uh, reactionary politics. Yeah. Uh, over time, I think I've seen it more as, um, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, political or social beliefs you have often were uh, mapped backwards onto your own religious beliefs and justified uh, you know, that way it, it just For so sure. happens that the tradition, the tradition uh, tends to like lean towards what, what we would call reactionary or regressive. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's accurate. We, well, I mean, you all, that's why you can see uh, on both say the democratic side or the Republican side and the far right. And even mm-hmm. many uh, uh, on the left using like, discussing theology and right. you know adapt calling it theirs and saying that their version is the right one for their beliefs because their beliefs are what dictates how they see their religion right right and 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 again to the idealist ideology um i i guess one of the things that has changed for me in the past 5 years is because i've become more uh, materialist in you know how I view political change in that right. it, it's not it's not people's ideas shape the world around them that it, it's actually a bit you know in reverse what systems are we living under what media are people consuming how are people living day to day and that the their surrounding environment more or less informs their politics and and of course it goes both ways obviously right. it's not one thing or the other but um if you assume you know highly democratic systems 
um, you might think the world reflects, uh, you know, how people enact their beliefs. Um, and that's not always necessarily the case, you know? So, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, I mean, but I also really don't want to sweep, I guess I don't want to sweep under the rug new atheism or movement atheism's reactionary tendencies because they were certainly there. Yeah. Um, certainly what precipitated that was a lot of Gamergate and Elevatorgate. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we need to get into the, the details. I, I, I don't, I don't At want this to, point, anybody on yeah. the internet knows it, right? <laughs> right. And if they don't, like, Google is free. But, that, but you know, early 2010s, that very clearly, um, that, that very sharply divided, you know, the clusters that existed. And so, um, you know, I, I think where the idealism also comes in is that, um, you know, a lot of atheists really, if they were actually for, I guess, progressive change, um, you know, they saw the world through sort of a materialist lens, more or less. Um, and they saw, well, okay, my abstract um, opinions on beliefs in God are one thing. Um, and maybe other people's beliefs in gods inform them to act in harmful ways. But what really matters is, um, you know, making the world a better place for each other. And so like, again, political activism towards, um, you know, queer activism, uh, you know, pro-choice, uh, things like that. Um, and the other contingent was like, well, I just want to, like I, I, I just want to consume atheist content. They wanted to yeah, yeah. watch YouTubes, read the blogs. Um, nothing wrong with just wanting to do that, I suppose. Though you know, I, I would say you should be. I would say it's a it's a good thing to be organizing. Um, but but that sentiment, at least, is not necessarily bad. But I think that idealism sort of shaped that. Really, what. Um, the less activist portion wanted was just to like basically try and convert everyone to atheism for lack of a better <laughs> phrase. Like right. I, I don't want, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be, uh, put words in their mouth, but I think that was more or less the conception, just like make everyone atheist and then they'll start to be reasonable. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that sounds about right. I mean, that was always the goal is like, uh, even, I mean, Richard Dawkins once asked Christopher Hitchens, um, like, what would he do if we got rid of religion tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Like, cause that's the idea that every, that we all had in some sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder, like, <laughs> was that ever, like, we thought that was the goal. Was that actually the goal or did we? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think I think I could definitely attribute that to my thinking. Um, I, I would say for myself between probably 2013 and maybe 2017. Um, well, you know, I I I became an atheist in 2012, and and I, I for me, I watched a lot of. Um, a lot of the atheist experience. Um, and yeah, uh, I was, I was a total Matt Dillahunty fanboy. you know, just, 
crush him with logic and reason. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, like that was also like I think I think the atheist experience, just to take an example, um, really, you know, tried to assume like everybody's beliefs came from like a few like basic assumptions and followed logically from there. <laughs> and of course, humans don't actually uh, we don't have <laughs> consistent beliefs i don't have consistent beliefs you don't either like, no that's right and that's fine i mean it's not fine you know that's but, just the nature yeah. of of being uh, expecting human. perfection in that way is unrealistic yeah <laughs> you know but again like it, it was like trying to convince non-religious people to be religious um, and I think that was part of the con, uh, uh, like part of the, uh, disagreement, of course, like once elevator gate happened and once, you know, Gamergate was part of that Gamergate, I should mention, not explicitly like an atheist thing, but no, like, that's right. Yeah. But, but it, it, it was part of the momentum because that's when it, Around that time, then it became the social justice warriors are taking over, <laughs> um, and 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 so 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 you get you know right around before like say the Trump era, you've got um, you've got the SJW camp and the anti SJW camp. For I, I, I of course there are nuances, <laughs> um, but you know it, it was very vocal at the time like that atheists should not engage in left-wing activism. And, and, and this is the point where I, I do want to share some nuance. Cause I, I, I think, uh, you know, again, uh, I don't want to sweep um, right-wing atheist reactionary sentiment under the rug, but I do think overall as a demographic atheists, um, atheists do have, you know, um, on the whole, <laughs> better politics than. <laughs> yeah, know. like even even the uh, even the people who were on the anti SJW side right. of the uh, atheist community, they were still like they believed in pride marches and yeah, you know, that was, that's true stuff like that. Like yeah. part of part of the fight against religion was like you say the the fight for LGBTQ rights. Yeah. Although, yeah, and I'd, I'd put money not on so it, much that, all of <laughs> yeah that even like the hardest anti SJW in I would put like money on it that they were at least like pro choice like they weren't anti abortion yeah. Yeah. Um, but like so I'm gonna I I pulled up some some data um this is this is from research um I don't know if you've talked to Jum uh, Navarro Rivera he's a social scientist. And uh, he's not. part. He's part of the Socio Analytica Secular Voices Survey. Um, it's sort of his hobby horse to um, to survey a lot of secular people. Again, secular means a lot of things, right? Yeah, but like which is I, covered in this, right? Yeah, yeah, right. But like, for example, um, when you're like looking at uh, support uh, for um, Donald Trump, for example, secular people were like um, only like 30, <laughs> it was like 36% uh, 
um, supported Donald Trump compared to what was what would the like sixty four percent something like that in this right. in this survey, um, you know, only sixteen percent. Uh, no, I, I'm looking at the discrepancy wrong. I've got to look back at this this survey. Um, boop. <laughs> oh, uh, in so so they they actually surveyed people. Do you think the following people movements or institutions have changed the country mostly for the better, mostly for the worse, or have not made uh, much difference. And so like, right. this is the difference in percentage points. Um, so like uh, 36% fewer uh, said Donald Trump was good than not compared to 6% for uh, the general population surveyed. Same with the religious right. Um, in general, they were more pro-environmentalism and uh, again, I know we're on like you and I are both like socialist people. So Joe Biden does not really represent our <laughs> version of what like left wing nope. activism. <laughs> that being said, like this doesn't count for nothing. Uh, registered voters surveyed um, Donald Trump to Joe Biden was 45 to 53 percent. So about even uh, for secular voters, it was 30 to 68 percent. Um, and I don't think that's that's worth discounting. I think that's that's relevant. Yeah, that's significant. So, yeah. So um, but I think what was really uh, part of this reactionary um, contingent is that they were also very vocal. And I think there was this is actually when I talked to Juhem Navarro Rivera about this a couple of years ago, um, who's, you know, a political scientist. He thinks the the faction of atheists um, that wound up in this group were overwhelmingly libertarian, like right wing libertarian. Which, <laughs> Sounds uh, well, right? <laughs> tend to be uh, fairly uh, vocal, you know. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah. But, you know, uh, I don't know if you have met any Ayn Rand fans, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a few of them. But also an around. atheist, right? Ayn Rand, yeah, also an atheist. Yeah. Like, yeah, which is, I think, was perhaps a selling point on some level because a lot of people like would have venerated the atheism perspective, uh, mm. and then, you know. Fed, been fed a whole bunch of really, really bad ideas. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I think that libertarian contingent may not necessarily have been that big. Um, at this point, I don't know what data you could show to, to find them. Like, it's a very hard <laughs> number to measure. Um, yeah. But they're very loud. <laughs> um, but, you know, I what what uh, when I talked to Juham about it, he seemed to think that there's a very individualist strain within atheism, which kind of makes sense. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, that certainly leads into libertarianism. Um, that also feeds into, you know, organizing versus anti-organizing. You know, I was, I was looking through the literature. I was trying to see if I could find anything Else, again, this is a very hard question to answer. I found another study. I might send you the link. Um, it is, let's see. 
Uh, sorry, I know we're doing this live. I should have pulled up the link earlier. But it's not actually live. We're recording. So if, oh, if it takes a long time, I can just cut it. Yeah. <laughs> Do um, one of those cool transition things. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about this paper because it's very qualitative. But it's by okay. Jonathan Simmons, uh, Politics, Individualism, and Atheism, an Examination of the Political Attitudes of Atheist Activists in a Canadian City. So there. Okay. we're In we're, a Canadian City. See, now, now I'm not just being provincialist over here. <laughs> right. Now, now we're an inter, we're an internationalist episode right here. Perfect. Um, but, but uh, this author actually seem, and I don't. Again, this isn't quantitative. There's like really no numbers or polling in here. Um, but it really at least gets into some of the anti um, anti organizational and like anti-collectivist uh, sort of mm-hmm. bent. Um, and, and I really like this quote. He, he, he was interviewing a lot of people who are active in, um, in the city. I'll have to find the, I think it was in Alberta. I don't know. That's not a city, whatever. Um, <laughs> again, we're an international show, but I'm, I, I, the point, I'm going to read this quote. He, he was, okay. he was talking to activists atheist activists. And uh, this one, I think, sort of encapsulates, uh, you know, the sentiment. Uh, This person says, we don't really engage in groupthink. This is going to sound egotistical, but we're not followers. Many of us have really had to struggle to leave religion, to turn away from our families and friends and leave our communities. It's easy to do that in Canada, but I suspect that all atheists have a contrarian streak in them, and that makes them weary of groups. And so... I think that sentiment, well, maybe not attributable to movement atheists as a whole, um, is at least very pervasive. Yeah, you know? I mean, uh, it's it's the same. I like if you were active in atheist groups uh, online, you would often have uh, like they, there was groups that did Sunday uh, assemblies and stuff. And you would often get the comments and the reactions from people saying, well, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to, I didn't, I don't need a community. I don't want to be part of this. Like, you know, I don't want to go to a place and be part of a thing. I just want to be an atheist and I want to be able to leave me alone. (laughs) So, so I mean, anecdotally, it fits my personal experience. Right. And so like, I think this really gets to, um, you know, at least the, not at least from a historical angle, like where new atheism came from, you know, basically neocon reactionaries and uh, Dan Dennett, uh, though I wouldn't really call <laughs> Dawkins, not a neocon, whatever. I don't care. We're, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all right. Uh, but, um, you know, at least, at least my theory of change at this point is, necessarily you know organizing based um and that really does involve you know building communities um, with people um and uh it you know it's also really interesting to uh that they bring up groupthink groupthink was a fear um among atheists uh and and of course groupthink is bad um flat out bad I'll, i'll just say that Um, and, uh, that did lead to indoctrination among 
children uh, into harmful beliefs. It uh, it's an epistemic roadblock. Um, but I think it is a bit overdetermined what counts as groupthink. Yes, uh, because <laughs> when you are driving an organization for a particular goal. Um, there is very little you can do as an individual to change the world in general. Um, But when you're organizing for a goal, the whole idea is to get a group together uh, for that particular goal. And um, like there may be a mission that everybody's on board with. So even if you're not a hundred percent on board with say you're something, a labor union is going for solidarity is very important and you have to recognize that, you know, even there, even if there are going to be disagreements, which there will be, um, what's important is that we recognize that, you know, we have common interests. We're trying to advance those common interests. And so by organizing, hopefully we can actually democratically uh, make assessments of the best course of action, you know, put in the best material resources, time, labor we can to changing our conditions and then move forward. Even if the goal isn't 100% yours. Um, So in that sense, that is a bit antithetical to the contrarian individualist speak. And I should also add groupthink is a thing that say labor unions really strive to, um, try to avoid, at least in my experience. Okay. um, I mean, I've only been in one, but like (laughs) um, that is, that was a concern. Like we want as many workers inputs as possible. And furthermore, like, you know, it's not just my labor union. I've, you know, I've consumed a lot of organizing work in media and that also is a a concern. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like anything, I've right? I've been talking like, a lot, but yeah. No, that's perfect. That's what that's what the guest is for. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, that's like uh, like almost anything. Mm-hmm. If you have a group with that is trying to do a thing, mm-hmm. that group has to have an ultimate goal that you all agree on. But you also want different perspectives on how to reach that goal. Different, you know, di- there's different nuances on what you're doing internally, uh, like. Some groups have a hierarchy. Some groups just follow one leader for a little while. Some groups elect leaders. And this is all uh, situations that you have to figure out. Right, right. And individuals have those ideas. and uh, But the ultimate, the goal is, you know, is supposed to, to be the goal of the group, right? Right, to advance the collective interest. Yeah, which is yeah. often possible, especially in organized labor circumstances. Um, so like, I think that partially gets to the crux of it. Uh, And again, like what I, what I put in that Twitter thread, uh, so, so we've gone a bit through the history and, you know, 2015, 2016 runs around, um, of course, Donald Trump being elected, um, although that's just an American phenomena, like, um, it, it does affect the world at large and other countries certainly had, um, their, you know, right wing reactionary takeovers, Bolsonaro being the most prominent one to my yeah. mind, of course, like, you know, you've got Doug Ford, who's not like the <laughs> prime minister, but, you know, 
certainly no he's certainly a, a power on his own yep um you know boris johnson so on yeah um, yep. but um i think at least and this is partially uh just my way of of viewing things this is partially what informed my political change um but donald trump one of the least religious people in politics probably you know absolutely not a christian like <laughs> right. you know just doesn't yeah. behave like one in any sense yeah um uh and but uh, make no mistake he absolutely advanced christian nationalist interests absolutely 100 yeah. percent um they were but not out of uh his own real religiosity right right? <laughs> right um but you know other things he advanced like the muslim ban for traveling uh not not really from anti-religious sentiments that was more pro-christian sentiments like anti-muslim sentiments um yeah. and then you be began seeing like things that didn't really map cleanly on to religious versus non-religious. Richard Spencer was an atheist, uh, is, is an atheist. He's an, atheist, a, he's yeah. a neo-Nazi. Um, and uh, like when it came to developing like indivisible groups, I know that's normie democratic, you know, <laughs> electoralism. Um, but, you know, you had to organize in churches, um, things like that. Um, when sanctuary cities became more important in the U.S. And again, I, I'm, I'm just speaking about the U.S. because I live here. Um, right. No, that's right. Uh, you know, churches, churches were like sanctuaries for undocumented immigrants. Um, and like one of the anecdotes I often share is um, after Charlottesville happened, that happened on a Saturday, horrible event, uh, giant alt-right neo-Nazi rally. Um, and uh uh, Heather Heyer was killed um, by a car collision. Um, there, you know, there was a national reaction, and in Colorado, where I'm currently residing, um, there was a march, um, a big march. We blocked off one of the major streets and marched for like a mile and a half along okay. the streets in the rain. Um, but it, it started off at this park. Park. It's Martin Luther King Park, um, and you know, if you go to an action, there's always most always speeches at the beginning. And there were a lot of pastors, a lot of preachers, you know, yeah. the black population in uh, Denver, uh, notably representative at this anti-white supremacy <laughs> rally. <laughs> yeah. um, and a lot of like churches with signs, a lot of people wearing church shirts. And like, I just bring this up anecdotally, but the local atheist orgs didn't so much as tweet about Charlottesville. Right. Right. Um, so th that really drove home for me that like, this isn't really relevant for the local atheist organizations. Maybe it's not just religion that's causing this problem. Like there is more to this story <laughs> that's not cleanly mapping on to, you know, religious versus non-religious, even sure. if those correlations may exist. Yep, for sure. Like, and the thing, like you say, like uh, a lot of the speakers at the event are uh, pastors. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I've spoken to people who have said that the church has been like a, a safe space for a lot of uh, uh, black people in America. And, I don't think we can discount that when we, you know, when atheists 
<laughs> you know, fight against religion. You right. have to, you have to, you can't be like, well, but that was bad. Well, cause that wasn't <laughs> right. I mean, so like to go back to the civil rights movement, when you look at leaders such as MLK and Malcolm X, um, what's often discounted from those movements is how labor focused they were. Um, and they would go and these preachers that I'm bringing up, you know, Malcolm X and MLK, though, there's obviously a lot more, you know, they would organize, you know, garbage collectors, they would organize factory workers, but right. they would also hold meetings in churches because that's where the community is. Yeah. And I, I think there is something to like religious groups that I do kind of miss as an atheist in that um, there is sort of a missing teleology towards like fighting for justice, like the path towards justice, that moral arc. Right. Um, and there is sort of that missing, you know, moral center um, that allows people to group together. And even if like, you know, again, more materialist, but I'm saying that that center allows people to recognize their physical community and recognize that they have the capability to uh, enact leverage, uh, perform material actions, get in the way, disrupt, you know, the system as it currently is. Um, and when they build that community, you meet people in flesh and blood. You recognize that they're people too, trying to put food on the table, just trying to exist. Um, and so like that builds solidarity that you can <laughs> uh, build towards a, a much, you know, a, a definitive action that will create material change. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. And, and it is, I guess in some ways we tried to do that in the atheist community and some, we did get some of that, uh, mm. that community building, like seeing people in person, I guess nobody's seen anybody in person in a long time now, but yeah, <laughs> but well, I mean, yeah. you, you, you held, you put together a conference like, and that was, fu <laughs> that was fun, right? Unironically. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it was a, uh, it was a lot of fun and it was, it was a great way to meet other people that, you know, you felt like they thought like you and uh, like, that's one of the things that like that individualist anti uh, community ideal, it seemed to miss that. Like, we all went to a place and we felt like we belonged because we had somebody who we had a group of however many people who thought like us in some way, mm -hmm. even if we didn't always agree on a hundred percent. Right. Right. But, right. So, uh, but you know, those, those <laughs> conferences were fun. Oh yeah. And, and you had Seth Andrews. I wonder what he's up to these days, but um, <laughs> I do not know because I don't follow him anymore. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The the number of people that I still follow from the atheist community is getting smaller still all the mm. time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually all too aware of. Um, yeah, not to talk shit, but <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really care to to throw shade on people, but you yeah, know, but I, I I think a lot of people did recognize um, that there was that change coming, um, and you know. And then weird stuff happened. Like, I think everybody on all ideological flavors more or less 
recognized it because then you started seeing Sam Harris pal around with Jordan Peterson, who's like right. This, he's he's very <laughs> spiritually, theologically, like very not like materialist in any sense. Yeah, um, uh, and yeah, whatever. I recall like. Because in 2016, I did that. I did the podcast series of interviews discussing uh, with other atheists uh, social justice issues on both sides of the argument, per se. Right? Yeah. And there were people on the anti-social justice side and on the pro-social justice side that both told me, like, this: if we don't resolve this issue, the atheist community is finished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we never really resolved it. We just all kind of went our separate ways. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that. I I can think of like you know, there's there's like a handful of podcasts still around. I guess for yeah. for folks not in the know, between about maybe 2014 to 2016, there were so many atheist podcasts. Like, yeah, too many. Like there were hundreds. <laughs> Hundreds, yeah, you actually couldn't listen to all of them. <laughs> multiple hundreds um, of, yeah. and if not explicitly atheist, like secular or skeptical. Yep. Um, yep. Though skeptical is like, that group is like, it has overlap, but there's a different, whatever. Yeah, that's true. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> and and when we talk about skeptical like there was a skeptical movement and then there was youtube skepticals yeah <laughs> and you know that was probably in the in the grand scheme of things that was possibly more relevant to the internet um yeah i think i think someone like tj kirk um the amazing atheist probably had um like more you know, probably more follows on his platform than probably any podcast in the atheist podcast scene. Um, and I think Sargon of Cod, I don't, I, you know, he, I think he was like atheist, but like he, he pretty much exist. His channel was in existence to like dunk on people and show what a rational person he was. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I wouldn't want to equate Sargon and TJ, but both ex- expressed like a lot of, you know, reactionary sentiment. Uh, oh, also Thunderfoot, um, <laughs> for sure. Um, I'm, I'm probably missing some, some yeah, big names. Those are the yeah. big ones I can think of. But yeah, like there was, I think after Trump, um, I guess – you know, people, at least in my experience, uh, my theory of change had been challenged and I had to change that for myself. Um, I you know, I know, I know you from like way back in 14, 15. So I know know you've been an anarchist for a long time. So I'm not going to say that your politics necessarily changed, but I would be surprised. Yeah. I think that it's fair to say that they have, uh, because I wasn't always like, I think what year was it? Uh, 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, right when I started, uh, my former podcast, mm-hmm. uh, I, I identified as an anarchist, but not in the, uh, left wing anarchist way. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was really into a lot of libertarian philosophy. Uh, like I, mm-hmm. 
until mm-hmm. at least I, I learned how flawed it was. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, I've always identified, I've identified as an anarchist for a very long time, but mm-hmm. I wasn't always where I am now. Right. I mean, for myself, even though like I'm, I'm absolutely, you know, pro social justice in pretty much every sense, like absolutely 100% on that side. Um, my, in my case, like I have been a little more materialist. I, I don't want to say Marxist, but I will say like more Marxist than I was right. um, um, in the sense that like a lot of economics are actually playing into this. And, and I think that was reflected. I think, you know, again, when, when you have these people palling around with the, the IDW, for example, or say Ion Hirsi um, or, <laughs> you know, wh- whatever. I think there is generally a fear of a totalitarian uh, communist state, um, you know, yeah. taking yeah. over. And um, it became apparent that, you know, religion wasn't, you, you know, again, also, <laughs> I guess the first iteration of, you know, big socialism, as it were, had... Uh, atheism as a core tenant if you you know understand right. leninism or and even you know marxism uh, y- you can see how pervasive like anti-religious sentiment is um but you know at, at this point i think it became apparent that like organizing with religious people as at least for me was not even like a question like they're common working laborers and we have common interests and like our metaphysics don't necessarily um, have much to play with that at all. Yeah. It became a point where uh, you go from thinking, well, okay, there's something wrong with the way the person thinks because they're religious to thinking, okay, they're a good person and they're fighting for the same things I'm fighting for. So mm-hmm. I don't care what they believe outside of that. <laughs> right. Well, and you can still care what they believe, but it might it it doesn't take precedence and it might yeah. just be like, you know, you meet up at the bar with them and you're like, that, that's right. interesting, you know? Um, and you know, you can even not... debate it perhaps, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person I like arguing. I've had like multiple, I've gone to multiple parties where I get drunk and like argue theology with someone. I actually did have like an, a, I, I spent a new year's Eve party. I think this actually was with an atheist cause he cited Hitchens. Okay. But we got into the the SJW anti SJW debate. We got drunker as the night went on, and then it was New Year's Eve, and we, uh, we were in the corner like going at each other. And somebody pulled us over. They're like, "The countdown's starting," and we're like, "Oh!" And then we did the countdown, and then we once we said Happy New Year, we went right back to arguing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, um, yeah, that is a that is a tangent, but you know, I'm I'm just that type of person, but um. You know, at this point, like, I think I could have an intelligent disagreement with a comrade, you know. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. I have, like, uh, <laughs> I don't understand dialectics. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I was actually participating in a grad student action, like a sit-in at the administration building. And uh, I was like, I don't understand dialectics at all. And, like, I it wasn't anim- animus. That's, that's another thing about labor unions um you can get into like heated debates but like everybody more or less unless like you cross some certain lines like everybody's like 
no, we're, we're here to help each other. So like, right. I'm like, yeah, this doesn't seem useful for me at all. And they're well, you know, you got it. And it wasn't animus at all. And that's good. At, at the same action, there was also like a Pete Buttigieg supporter and there wasn't like screaming or anything, but like, you know, <laughs> you, you've got, you know, basically a neoliberal worker um, uh, against basically a shit ton of ANCOMs just being like, oh, <laughs> you know, Bernie, you know, um, and, and maybe a Maoist, I think. Uh, yeah, geez. Like, I think there's a Maoist among my my old comrades ranks so you know <laughs> but i i guess that is focused on me i don't know how it got on that tangent but like that's, <laughs> that, that's just like some of my experiences with you know how organized labor is beneficial and like in many senses very healthy yeah i know uh it was one of those things like uh among atheism we did like we we often heard people preach the idea that there could be uh disagreements and still you know no animus and people would be friendly Mm -hmm. but i never i don't know there was a lot of i felt like there was a lot of like real anger towards people Mm -hmm. who didn't believe the same way and i know that it often got the so pro-social justice side the the regressive left uh, was often like framed as the ones doing all the anger Mm -hmm. but that's not my experience like i i experienced far more anger from the other side Right. And, and, you know, for, for all the, we can disagree, um, virtue, I think it is virtue signaling, by the way, um, for all that (laughs) virtue signaling that there was, there was a lot of disagreement that, you know, went to some pretty dark places and very unproductive, very unproductive disagreement, I should add. And especially if you started talking about racial justice and like, uh, gender uh, issues like it was very much like as soon as you brought up feminism like mm. there was women who uh were be- having rape threats thrown their way right like i'm sorry but that's you know that's not a, a friendly disagreement uh, anymore <laughs> yep so <laughs> i don't know yeah so i mean i guess i think we've gotten more or less through the history um because you know i think everything's pretty much dissolved. And what I said in that thread was, um, you know, uh, either you were an old atheist and you joined Indivisible, you were a young atheist and maybe you became like pro Bernie Sanders or like became a commie or, (laughs) or you became a MAGA right wing, you know, uh, you know, MAGA head. And I'm not sure you know, I'm still not sure how many Trumper atheists there are. I could, you know, I you've got Ion Hersey Ali and you've got Robert Price, James Lindsay, James Lindsay. <laughs> you've got James Lindsay. That that's a whole thing in and of itself. <laughs> yep. Oh, James Lindsay. You could do a whole episode on James Lindsay. I'd have to get Aaron from uh, yeah, exactly. Embrace the Void on. <laughs> right. Um. Man. Uh, but that's like three prominent people. And again, these are just like leaders, quote unquote. Um, so I don't know how well that maps on to um, the actual movement. What I will say, though, what I will say is that um, I, I still think like alt-right um, sentiment is heavily uh, 
religious or at least spiritual along with, you know, fascism often comes with a mythologized past, um, which doesn't necessarily have to entail supernatural beliefs. I think you can have a secular, you know, founding fathers narrative of the U S but I I guess speaking of Aaron, when we were in our like Facebook, Facebook argument group, you may have seen this dust up where, you know, somebody in our argument group um, ended up palling around with Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh yeah. Um, I heard in about Kenosha. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually, you know, I legit argued with that person in that Facebook group. Um, yeah, I recall along with that. The, with, a, with a few other people. Um, and there were, before that point in that Facebook group, you know, I had argued with people. I'm like, these people seem kind of crypto. And then, uh, this person that I'm referring to, the uh, Ryan Ryan Balch, um, and his crew, when they came into the group, I was like, these are neo Nazis. They are unquestionably yeah. like it wasn't even like are they are they not like this was unquestionable, and they were also like very 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 Catholic, like there right. is a very large sentiment of like you know reclaim Constantinople like. <laughs> I, there is a there is a Catholic fash like trad fash like sentiment on the internet that's very healthy right now even if wow yeah fairly underground so like I think that's important to keep in mind um, but like again I think you know if they didn't become like Bernie Sanders supporters they became uh, <laughs> like uh, hardline like MAGA you know, make America great again. Like it, like yeah. you look at the, the young people today, like under 40, um, you it, normie politics is like disappearing and, you know, people are becoming, I guess, populist. That's a, that's a bad term because it can be misinterpreted in a yeah, lot of ways. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, neoliberalism is not popular among us who also tend to be, you know, the young tend to be more religious. People are becoming more religious every day. And um, neoliberalism is not very popular. So there's like two roads you can go down. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, that's my account. No, that's perfect. I, uh, it's, it's, it's cool to kind of hash this out a little bit because, after everybody kind of went their own ways, like, sure, you still get your small pockets of people talking online and whatever, but, uh, I don't have that much actual interaction based on, like, about the atheist community anymore. And nobody's, you know, I don't know that I've heard anybody doing the breakdown of what happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, what I saw is everybody more or less realized that religion maybe wasn't the sticking point. And you yeah. know, I, I say this as somebody who like started like one of those Facebook fan groups. Like I was, I was the admin of the scathing atheist puzzle in the thunderstorm group until like two weeks ago, actually. Oh, wow. I, <laughs> I, just, I, I just left. There's no drama, absolutely no drama. I just haven't been on Facebook for a year and a half. Like I was finishing up my grad degree. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, I just, I, I, I could have left a year and a half ago. Um, I just was too lazy to get around to it. But like, yeah, 
the scathing atheist guys. Uh, I mean, God awful movies is a funny show, like yep. still. Yep. And I think you know they're sort of the exception because they they really hammer down on the you know religion is still causing all this problem. And <sighs> and don't get me wrong, I think religion still causes a lot of problems. Uh, I I think their model. Um, to be respectful of them because I consider them at least friendly, if not friends. Um, it, it is a bit overdetermined in my opinion. You know, I, th- I think that's right. Like um, the religion as the problem, like I, I can see often like the religious style of thinking like that belief in things without ge- reasonable justification. Like that's all still important stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just saying like the whole religion is is bad isn't mm. isn't a hundred percent uh yeah accurate anymore. <laughs> right. I, I mean I think you know, I would say given the choice, I'd like definitely not have religion. Um yeah. Yeah. You know, and I guess, you know, I, I should ask your opinion because there is there is sort of like a growing you know, Dawkins put out a tweet, you know, again, <laughs> foot and mouth disease, but like yeah. he was, you know, praising the church bells in contrast to the harsh and ugly, you know, a call yeah. to prayer. Um, and like Brett Stevens and Eric Weinstein um, have more or less, more or less implicitly signed on to like, we need to keep religion uh, because otherwise people will be, you know, evil or bad or something. <laughs> right. Um, I think there is something to, I think I, I, I alluded to this earlier. I think there is something to having like a, you know, a moral community of some sort that is able to organize. I like the idea of those organizing spaces. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I do kind of miss that as like a center for. Yeah. I mean, I guess I never had, uh, like, I was never a religious person. Uh, so, so for me, I never, uh, I got my moral center from, uh, philosophy, I guess you could say, right? Like, but yeah, that doesn't necessarily work on mass the way that religion does. So, so it's, uh, that might, that might, that might play into my bias a bit because I was like a liberal, um, Christian, um, okay. So like I was a theist, I believed in theistic evolution. Um, and I don't really, you know, I don't really see any contradictory, uh, contradiction for the most part. Like, I think you can, if you take certain p- parts of the Bible, non-literally, there's really no, I mean, there's also, <laughs> there, yeah. there's not really any limit to what you can't do. If you, if you like pick and choose, <laughs> that's I will say, true. but yeah, that's like, true. If, if your precepts allow you to pick and choose, um, like then there's nothing, no, anybody can really argue against you that yeah. like, there's no internal contradiction at least. Almost yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. um, I mean like, um, and, and, you know, my, my priest I had growing up in the Catholic church, um, thinking back to him, he might've been a bit of a heretic. I think, um, oh. <laughs> I was, I was actually, I was actually raised. Um, I was born on a native American reservation 
I wasn't I wasn't raised on it, but I went to this Catholic church on an Apache reservation. So I'm I'm decently um decently aware of and um familiar with Apache culture and uh you know just just the way um you know I I I'm at least familiar with that community and uh this Catholic priest actively incorporated some ah, yep. Apache rituals like and if you know Catholicism Catholicism is very stringent on like certain practices like you can't get married outside stuff like that there's <laughs> right. like a lot of really like very strict rules yeah and so he, mixing and matching there yeah. it's not really part of the <laughs> deal. yeah and, th- and this priest like um we would we would go we would uh sing christmas carols around christmas time to uh, like impoverished people um but we'd go to the hospital but we would also sing christmas carols in the prison like we would sing okay. to the prisoners and this this priest was like very active um with like at, at least uh practice with um prisoners so like maybe in that sense uh, uh, there was instilled in me the sense that like prisoners aren't bad people uh, right by necessity so you know i am definitely not coming at this from like a hardline ex-Christian fundamentalist perspective. Like I, I am in a sense somewhat like coming from a culturally pragmatist Christian perspective. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, (laughs) A lot of people, they, I don't have a spiritual side to me per se, uh, but a a lot of people uh, seem to require that maybe in a utopian society when everybody's treated equally and has their basic needs met, then we don't need that anymore. But, but at the moment, some people Uh need a spiritual guide or spirituality to guide their life. And, uh, I mean, do do you, do you, do you think, uh, spirituality as a term has any, any value to you? Like, (laughs) um, like uh, this is a serious question because there are a lot of like materialists who, will argue that like spirituality has some sort of meaning to them. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it really has any meaning to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I guess it depends on what you mean by spirituality too. Right. right? It's like, a fuzzy term, but yeah. Yeah. Like I, I do believe, like I say that I have faith in mankind or humanity, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I, I believe in uh, the spirit of uh, goodness, like that people share. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. I don't think of it as spirituality so much as psychology. Right. No, <laughs> so, I mean, he, I, yeah, I, 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 I more or less agree. Um, I mean, that being said, like there is something to like the church services I attended where you're like sharing in community with like, you know, something transcendent. Um, right. even if that transcendence doesn't exist and like, there's something I've been to Sunday assembly and there's just not necessarily something there, but you know, I have felt that, um, sense of transcendence in other places. I haven't done acid yet, but, um, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, 
uh, a very, very yeah. good concert. <laughs> like there are some yeah. concerts I've been to my favorite concerts, like Godspeed, you black emperor, just like sound all around me. Like, I feel like I'm being lifted into the air. There is something to it, especially when you're participating in like a large group of people and maybe even like, um, some of the, uh, like the political actions I've been to, like, uh, yeah, I can it, see that. Like there is something and, and, and like that March, that aforementioned March I mentioned in Denver after Charlottesville. Um, there is something to being in a large group with a singular purpose, like sharing um, in something bigger than ourselves. And even though I don't believe in any like spooky metaphysics, um, that feeling that is there that builds people together, I think can in a sense be uh, described as spiritual and maybe very meaningful, especially for building communities. I think that's fair. And atheism just doesn't (laughs) actually, actually I'll, I'll make some exceptions, but like there have been very few and far between experiences that match that sense of spirituality um, among atheists um that i've i've felt elsewhere yeah i think that's fair <laughs> i don't i don't know if i have a yes and but mm-hmm. <laughs> but i, I think that's yeah. a fair statement i mean I, I, this this past like hour has been you know a lot of my <laughs> sentiments like a lot of my sentiments are playing into it i totally respect anybody else who like disagrees vehemently with this like but you know there is a sense of, of spirituality. Like also I meditate every day. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'm a little Buddhist too. (laughs) Well, that's fair. I mean, that's all right too. I, yeah. Like, I don't know. I used to be like when I was in the atheist community, I was very like, Oh, well it's just utter nonsense. It's got no value, blah, blah, blah. And I, I just don't feel that way anymore. So, so when you say like that, this thing, these events have a spiritual aspect to them. I mean, I can see that it, it like I've felt, I have felt like situations where, uh, like where you feel like your, your whole body, your, your heart fills up and your body fills up with this kind of feeling that it's hard to describe. And I can understand how that could be considered spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, facts don't care about our feelings. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, maybe transcendent is a better word, but maybe, maybe uh, there, there's not really a term that quite encapsulates. No, it that's other than it. spiritual. Like it, yeah. it gets at something at least. It's hilarious to me that Ben Shapiro is the person that coined that. <laughs> He's a fucking. If you listen to his episode with Sam Harris, he's basically a presuppositionalist. Yeah, it's like uh, as far as I'm concerned, that that's like an epistemological dead end. Like yeah. you just once you're like a presup, there's nowhere to go with that. Like you, uh, it, it's just. I mean, I, it's not a very convincing argument um, if you're not a presup, but there's nothing you can say to a presup that will. Like, <laughs> yeah, yourself that's in right. There. It's yeah. it's a it's a sticky wicket, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> and for anybody who doesn't know what a presuppositionalist is, we uh I'll I'll put a link in the show notes or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 
it's a, another messy one. It's quite annoying. Yeah. But I think I've taken enough of your time. Uh, but yeah, where no, can people find I, you? I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you think, do you like this account? Like, yeah. you don't have to co-sign. Like, I think it is worth discussing, but yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I, I think that a lot of people have assigned like, uh, like the reactionary right as the, uh, the majority of atheists, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it, that got the, the, the media headlines or something somehow. And, uh, I mean, like we had people, well, who was it? Uh, like there was a guy, he wrote a book called, uh, Republicans can't or Atheists can't be Republicans as if they believe in reason and logic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I Evidence recall. Logic. I don't. Re- I, I'm. I'm with you. I. I remember that book existing, and I don't remember the author. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the author, but mm-hmm. um, at the time, uh, he he almost like said that all atheists were well, not all, but he said the majority of atheists were like these. Uh, they weren't using they were bigots and whatnot and, and, and that we weren't using logic and reason accurately. And there was a nuance to his argument that I agreed with, but also there's like that somehow got to be the headline was that atheists are now bigots and right wings, nut bars. And, you know, and that's just not, I don't know. There's more lefties that I, I think in the atheist community than, there are yeah. right wingers, but they got the headlines. Yeah, I mean, we've just kind of shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're just all like, ah, for okay. better or worse, we've shut. Moving up on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, I did. I did interrupt you. I, I can give oh. my information. Um, <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at Gervivore. Um, herbivore with a J cause I'm uh vegetarian, though I pretty much shut up about that too. Uh, I'll see, <laughs> I'll see if, um, I've been meaning to, uh, put out more videos on my channel. I don't know. Just follow me on, on Twitter. And if I ever put up a video, YouTube's algorithm has probably given up on me far and away at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm, I'm thinking of more content on like actually what I, alluded to at the beginning of the hour, like um, science communication and its intersection with actual organizing and, you know, maybe some more th- of my own thoughts on politics and all that bullshit. So, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I really liked the stuff you did put out when you put it, when you were creating content. So thanks. Likewise. And again, it's, it's good to, um, we probably haven't talked in a couple of years, but it's good to say hi again. And yeah, um, for sure. And uh, I, I enjoy your content and uh, even, even though like I'm not as, you know, I probably follow under like the commie umbrella. I'm not as open about the C word, but like, I'm, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad someone like you is like putting a friendly face on it. So have, yeah. Thanks for joining me. <laughs> Take care. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. All right, folks, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to share the show with your friends and on social media. Uh, thank you to everyone who supports this show on Patreon. Every dollar I get uh, makes it so that I can feed my family and keep a roof over our head. So it's really, really appreciated. If you can 
contribute or want to contribute, you can do that at patreon.com slash skeptical leftist, or you can send me money at paypal.me slash brainstorm podcast. If you can't contribute financially, that is fine. A five-star rating and a review on your podcast app of choice or on one of the podcast review sites like Podchaser would be great. If you want to find more from me, then make sure to check out my link tree at linktree slash skeptical You can find all my social media stuff there, as well as links to my other shows, which include Skeptarchy, which is a panel show I do with some very smart people from many people's strength with it, which is a podcast about Saskatchewan politics and the feminist family, which I do with my partner. Uh, my Twitter is at hardcore skeptic and my Facebook page is the mind of a skeptical leftist. Or you can send me a friend request at facebook.com slash cjbrainstorm. I do accept most friend requests. Thank you so much for listening or watching. And uh, remember that the truth does seem to have a left-wing bent. <laughs>